And welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, website design and branding, marketing implementation, process automation, accounting, custom CRM design implementation, and business technology strategy consulting and implementation. I'm the host of today's show, Dave Wilkins, the Chief Operating Officer with Sterling Rose Consulting, and today's guest is Tolu Akande. Now, Tolu is a life coach and a corporate coach, and welcome, Tolu. Thank you, David. Now, he is the corporate coach at Tolu Coaches, and Tolu Coaches has been in operation since January of 2015, serving mostly the uh, Gwinnett County, uh, Atlanta metro area. Uh, prior to, uh, prior to st- he actually, you started the company, correct? I did. You did, did. yeah. Prior yep. to starting the company, the, uh, Tolu was uh, uh, worked for a number of other companies in uh, management positions. Yes. And through that, he came to realize that his real call was coaching. Yes. Um, actually, I met Tolu in, not too long ago, and he was in a presentation that was held by the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce on a lot of t- topics we'll talk about today, and it was really fascinating. That's so that's why that's one of the reasons why we invited Tolu on because I think he's got a lot to share. Thank you. Uh, now, Tolu, let's uh, let's get started. Uh, help us understand what a life or and corporate coach really is. Great question. Um, a life coach is you know for so many years. Coaching has been something that's usually been for executives, you know, business coaching and how to get your business maybe from six figures to seven, kind of this forward movement of business um, that was maybe more for top executives, C-suite people. Um, but life coaching is simply is taking those maybe similar strategies and thought processes and, and breaking it down to facets of life that are maybe not um, as prevalent in business. And so moving forward, transitions, family dynamics, um, entrepreneurship, small business, um, people moving. There's so many things in life that hinder us from moving from point A to point B. So a life coach essentially helps individuals have breakthrough in life, forward movement, acceleration of growth through the accomplishment of goals. Okay. What does that mean? (laughs) It means that if you're struggling in an area of your life and you don't know how to get forward, and it's not necessarily a therapy or counseling Uh or maybe even a, a mental health issue, then a coach is going to be the person that's going to help you make forward movement as opposed to um, going back to make yourself great present. So, for example, here's what I like to say. Psychologists diagnose, psychiatrists analyze, mentors give input, and life coaches unearth desires to accomplish goals for the acceleration of growth. So, essentially, we're going from point A to point B. We're not mental health professionals, but we're helping you in your daily life move to where you want to be. Okay, okay. So it, it, and effectively, what it is is pretty much like the, a coach in an athletic team in many respects, isn't it? That you're, you're basically – everybody knows kind of what they have to do, but it's getting that – taking them to that next level, getting the uh, – uh, pointing out areas where they can improve or change their technique or, in this case, behavior probably, uh, you know, to, in order or how they're thinking in order to achieve what the end state uh, is 
the, the desired end state would be. Yeah, I would say that's, that's very true. The, the, the slight difference is that, you know, the coach will say, hey, player A, make sure you do this, where the coach is essentially, uh, the life coach is essentially saying, what's important to you and what pivots do you need to make to accomplish your goals? So okay. it's less of directive and advice giving and mentorship and more it's about opening up in your your heart, your mind, your thought process, your limiting beliefs. How do we get from point A to point B? And essentially you have the answers. You just need someone to listen and help you create strategy to get there. Okay. All right. It kind of like this is a case of more or less thinking outside the box, as it were. You could say that. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on in life coaching for sure. All right. All right. Good. Good. Why would I need a coach? That's a great question. Um, usually what I like to tell people is if you've always said you would do something and you still have not, then you need a coach. And so all of us sitting here in the studio right now, I could walk outside and ask someone this question and they would say, hey, what have you always said you do yourself now? Well, when I was in high school, I said I would do this. Or when I first got married, I said I'd do this. Or when I had my first job, I said I would do this. All these things that we have uh, and uh, one of the things that I've loved the most, one of the things that propelled me to be a life coach is I saw a video one time. It was a guy at a cemetery, and he was asking a bunch of questions about the regrets that people had that were in the graves that he was walking past. And people that always said on their deathbeds, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I should have. That's, that's why you need a life coach. If you want to live without regret and you want to do the things that your heart has always told you you wanted to do, that's why you need a life coach. That's really interesting because I, actually I was reading an article yesterday on what most people actually find is their biggest regret. And it turns out is not living up to their what they what they really thought they could be. Right. And, right. And yeah. Fit, so it fits. It fits in very well. Absolutely. Right. Okay. I think we've, we've seen so many people in our lives, whether that be in our families, you know, our travels, and we see them not live up to expectations or live life with regret, and um, the, the coach's job is to help individuals live without regret. Okay. Now, that's like, now you got to figure out how to get me to my 70-foot yacht in the Caribbean that I'm chartering out to, uh, to, to guests on a regular basis yeah. that my wife isn't exactly keen on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to help you there, but, but the thing that coaches do is that they go to a deeper desire. So maybe it's n less about the yacht and about running that out, and maybe it's more about providing a service that people can enjoy what they do. So the yacht may just be an expression of that. But it could be that you actually want to impact people so that they feel rested and relaxed so they can do what they want to do. So that's kind of the, the deeper layer of the why, because the what's are simply just what's, right? We can all make money. We can all eventually save enough money, go buy a yacht. But is that really what you want to do, or is that simply just a manifestation of what can come to mind? Ah, okay. Very good. That, that helps, helps clarify a lot. Absolutely. Excellent. Now, how have you been personally affected by or impacted by by coaching you know when i oh, was and let me let me let me even go preface that by how did that was there a coaching experience that got you interested in coaching to begin with yes yes so i remember being in graduate school probably a decade ago now and i'm sitting around a table with all of my friends and um we're about to, a week out from graduation and they're all sharing about their new jobs they have coming up maybe some people are starting phds it was just this kind of table of accomplishment. And I remember everyone going on the, around the table, and I was maybe the second to the last one. And I remember, I don't have a darn thing to say right now. <laughs> I had applied. Just nothing was opening up. You know, I just didn't know what was going on. And um, I realized that 
Um, I was dreading it for, for it to be my turn. But at the same time, I, I found myself rejoicing and I found myself doing everything in my power, looking at my cell phone as people were sharing and seeing, hey, do they know about so-and-so? I wish I could help them with this. And I, I think they can really do more with that. And I realized there was something in me that wanted to help, but I had no idea, you know, how to actually like manifest that. Because I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a counselor. I didn't want to be a psychiatrist. I just really wanted to help people go to the next level. And so that was probably the first taste of wanting to help without being an expert. Okay. And then I worked for a nonprofit and um, for several years, and I realized I wanted to get back into the corporate workspace. And so I didn't know how to do that. I've been in that profit, nonprofit for six years, uh, fresh out of graduate schools when I started. I just had no idea how to enter the corporate world, and that's when I encountered a coach. And essentially that coach coached me for about three months, and I landed the corporate position that I wanted, the pay I wanted, the travel I wanted, and the location I wanted. And I remember that he never once gave me a directive. He never said, Tolu, you must go do this or go do that or here's some great advice or here's what I did when I was 20 or whatever the case may be. He simply coached me through it, and I got to my goal, and that was my first taste of coaching. And from then on, I said, I'm going to start a coaching business. Okay. Well, that kind of clear, also kind of clarifies the difference between a mentor and a coach. I right. think you just, you just highlighted the, the key differences yep, there. absolutely. Okay, good, good. What are the, uh, the – I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of questions, and I'm going to pick numbers, like say five, six questions that business owners and employees must answer with clarity yes. to be successful because obviously we're talking about business here and and how the coaching is going to help whether it is a key employee or the owner of the business that uh, you know says we got something's got to change yeah and we got to do something different that's a great question so there are six questions i'm only going to give you three okay well and, that's uh, good because three is the key excellent excellent so the first question is why do we exist um, this is a question that um, you'd be surprised about how many business owners can personally or organizationally both. actually. Okay. Right. But so you asked me about <laughs> business owners. Yeah. OK. So uh, you'd be surprised how many businesses you walk in the door and you could ask. Let's say there's 10 people that work in that office. Right. And you would ask 10 people who work in that office and they would all give you a different answer or maybe would not have an answer. The simple question of why does Sterling Rose Corp exist and could everyone on the same team give you clarity about why they existed? And how much does that change the dynamic of your work, of the products and services that you sell, of what your clients are hearing from the people that are on your team? And if you're getting different answers, it means you're not functioning on the same page, which means you're not reaching your desired goal because no one exactly knows why they're there. And that is the biggest thing. And even for the younger generation, I hope we'll talk about that in, 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 in a minute, is oh younger, don't worry we'll get there okay <laughs> younger people and millennials we want to know why before we know what mm -hmm. right there's a deeper reason why i'm here and you know i talked about this the other day at a presentation i did um and it was you know tom's shoes for example they've been in existence for a while and the the the, the shoe is really not the big deal right it's not that even great of a shoe it's kind of cool looking but really not that great of a shoe but the fact that they give a, a shoe when you buy a pair they give a pair to a child in need in another country that's a why that will drive a millennial workforce and that will drive a millennial clientele because we'll buy 10 of them, even though we don't need them, because it's doing something, making impact somewhere else. So why do we exist is the first one. The second question is, how do we behave? There is a culture of values um, that must be set in place for thriving business so that everyone's in the same page about what is compromising and what is not and what is integrity and what is not and what are great business values and what is not. And you'd be surprised and people would say they're going to usually give you kind of three answers. What are your core values, X company? 
well, we want to do things with excellence, we want to do things with integrity, and we want to uh, treat our customers right, right? And no one actually knows what that means. Exactly. It's yes. just kind of good jargon. It's good language. It's just kind of like what you're supposed to say. We want to be excellent. We want to treat our customers right, and we want to, you know, whatever. And the, the fact of the matter is you have to get specific because that affects the type of people that you hire. Do they fit into this this idea of business do they fit the why but also do they fit the how Mm -hmm. um and then lastly is thematic goals you know a lot of people start businesses and the thing that they started 10 years ago is the same goal they've been going after since 10 years ago well guess what business has changed since then clientele has changed since then industry has changed technology has changed and so you have to have a thematic goal and the the thematic goal is what's what's most important right now not 10 years ago not even six months ago but right now, as an individual, as an organization, what's most important? And that will drive your strategy on how to be successful and then also an end date to that same goal. Yeah, and that that fits in very nicely with a, a, and a lot of different shows in the past where I've always focused on being able to understand and differentiate urgent from important. Great. That's absolutely right. Because obviously, yeah, something can be urgent. And everybody focuses on that, and the reality is, yep. in the grand scheme of things, it's not important. Yeah, there's a book called The Tyranny of the Urgent, and essentially it's just doing the things that are seemingly the most important in front of you, but really there's no strategy, um, and it's really not the most important because you can't sustain just doing the thing in front of you. Exactly, exactly. Good. Now, you know, you mentioned, and you talked about a little bit about the culture a bit ago. Uh, how does a company really get to a point where they 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 can really define it accurately and explicitly such that people really do understand it's other than say well you know excellence and treating customers right etc cetera, etc cetera, you know absolutely um so the, it kind of goes back to my initial question is the why why are you there what's the real reason people come into the office what's the real reason you sell the products, the services? What's the real reason that you set up shop for business in the first place? And if everyone understands that, then you can begin to build culture around the why mm-hmm. because not everyone will fit the why. Right? There's great workers, there's great employees, there's great people who have great technical skill, talent, etc. But not everyone will resonate with the why. And so the why will determine your culture. The why is whatever you make it to be, right? And then do people desire the why? And are they willing to adjust themselves as both personally and professionally to fit the why? And then that's where you create something called synergy. When people are saying, you know what, that's a goal and I'm willing to go after it. And guess what? Everyone at the table is willing to go after it. And so therefore we set our own culture, right? There's, there's cultures out there who are the culture of their business is to get work done and don't play and stay focused. And we don't need to be friends and that's a great culture to have if that, if that supports the why and everyone's on board. Mm-hmm. And there's some cultures that say, hey, this why is actually going to require familial feel. This why is actually going to require us to kind of have each other's back and to go the extra mile. And then you begin to define what that means for your certain circumstance, your business. What does that mean? Well, that means that when a client calls at 9 p.m., we either don't answer the call because that's not part of our culture or we do answer the call, right? Right. And neither is right or wrong. It's just the culture you've built. So the why is important, and then people's desire and willingness to accomplish the why is the first how you build culture. Right. If, in, in the case you just, just defined, I think that uh, if you're, you're a person who definitely likes to work in teams and, and you, you group, group activity type, type, type events, 
and you're looking at a, an organization that is strictly focused, you say, on the work, you know, individual recognition, talent, so forth. That's a good clue that says this is probably not a good fit. Exactly right. I mean, you have to ask, especially if you're interviewing or whatever the case may be, you got to ask those questions that are important to you. You know, if, if you go into an interview and they say, and you ask, hey, what's, you know, what's a successful person like? And they said, well, we had a budget of 20000 and um, we need the, the the project cost 40 and the guy worked you know 85 hours to make it work and he, that's that's a great person to have on the team you may want time with your family so that's a culture that you may not want to step into so you need to define for yourself what's a big enough why right yep and then can i do this even when it's hard or when it's more or do i want to do this right and those type of people that you want or don't want on your team right right speaking of speaking of working hard you know there there is and you know obviously i said you know you, you talked about we we're going to get to it now yeah. now's the time to get to All it right, the, the it. intergenerational issues that come up with work and, yeah and um you know in, in the interest of full disclosure i am a boomer okay and, and i'm a millennial and tolu, tolu, tolu is a millennial yes um which which actually i think works out very nicely now the the, there's a, some real obvious questions, but one you just hit on is working hard. Mm. I've heard from a lot of people, particularly in, in the owners of, of trades, you know, plumbing, electrical, carpenter, you know, you name it, uh, where there t- tends to be a fair amount of manual work involved, right. saying they can't find anybody that's, that wants to work today. Mm. Um, you know, I hear others, other organizations say, yeah, I get, get these people in and they they just want to work when they want to work mm-hmm. uh you know there's a lot of different things that are are being heard out there and you, I, you can't go a week now without going hearing about a presentation about how to how to deal with these millennials <laughs> <laughs> so yeah help help under, help understand particularly let's start with the, the the question of of you know as you pointed out earlier you starting with understanding why and 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 going from there because that's being one of the first questions a millennial is going to ask. Yeah, so there's tons of layers to that 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 question and, and layers to that to answer that I'm question. Sure. Oh, they're f- obviously. So uh, I think the first thing is, is realize that maybe you, you talked about yeah I can't find anyone. I, I think the it's important for every generation to realize that to reach another generation you simply you you can't do it in the way that you think, right? Because you're thinking in your generation, generally speaking. Right. And so the, the reach, you know, 20 years ago to get a plumber and the reach today to, to, to find a plumber is going to be drastically different because now the people that are skilled with their hands in that kind of way are not hitting the pavement and they're not going into offices. They're on Instagram and they're on Snapchat and they're on Facebook and they're on different social media platforms. They're on Twitter. And so there really needs to be kind of a change in, in a lot of people's marketing scheme to even attract the type of people that would want to do what they want to do. Secondly, um, yes, hard work is great, but there's a saying, right? Work harder or work smarter, not harder, right? Right. So there's a level of efficiency that the millennial has grown up with that essentially there's kind of a a gap between maybe some of the old generations and the millennials because, you know, I, I was walking, I was actually driving this morning with my wife and we came in and we saw a construction, uh, um, site, and there was a guy sitting in his truck with a controller controlling the uh, cement paver that was going mm-hmm. on the side of the road. Well, you might say, well, no, no one wants to work hard anymore and get the jackhammer. Well, I, I think technology has made that really easy because 
for 50 years, people have complained of back problems and, and oh, they don't want to sure. work that hard and all that kind of stuff. So there's a way to work smarter, not harder. And so I think that's what the millennials are looking for. It's not that they don't work, want to work hard. It's that the hard now becomes more dealing with technology and, and innovation that creates a way to work easier on the body and more with the mind and creates a more efficient process. So that's kind of the difference is, okay, maybe we don't want to be a plumber, but maybe we want to create a plumbing system that has maybe automation that goes along with your lights and your sound system so that you don't necessarily have someone intruding your space every day and maybe laying all their tools out on the floor and then now your kids can't play in the living room. And so there's kind of a different way to think about it and so that's, I think, where the millennials are going that's maybe harder for different generations. But at the same time, I'm always, I always look at look, uh, both sides of the coin, is that there is something to be said for hard work and diligence and working with your hands and be able to craft those things. And that's what the younger generation needs to learn from the older generation is that face-to-face contact, that willingness to get your hands dirty, to open things up, and then from that place create as opposed to creating from the outside looking in. Right, because ultimately at the end of the day, I mean, there are certain activities, no matter how much, how many tools and how advanced these tools get, which is the definition of what technology really is, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you still have to do something manual to make, make it work. In other words, you still got to connect A to B. That, in order in order to make the electricity flow or to get the water to run through the pipes. That it's true. <clears throat> the, the difference is how much are you doing that? Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. That's the biggest difference. Exactly. And that's that's true. And I think that, you know, the other thing that is, was interesting because it was a article I was just reading on talent management. And it, it, it hit to that point that you, it, the traditional way, sending the resume and and then make following up with a phone call to a, a prospective uh, candidate for the job that looks interesting doesn't necessarily work anymore because you know you millennials just don't answer your phone because <laughs> <laughs> you baby boomers want to talk about our ear off that's why no I, I think it's about you know and you were at the presentation that I gave I gave last uh, a couple of days ago right it, it's 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 less and less of about not wanting to communicate, but it's the method or the mode of communication. Right now, as millennials, we get so much information and there's so many voices that want to talk to us, right? For the first time ever, you you can leave your home, right, and still get all the sales calls that you normally would have gotten to your your home phone and voicemail, right? I'll look at that when I get home. Now, it's you know, let, let's even look at it. It's, it's you're driving down the street, right? It's billboards all over. The people waving signs at you. There's digital billboards. There, are, I mean, there's so many things. And then you got people pinging your phone, devices where they can track you where you are and send a Facebook ad to you. Right. So there's so <clears throat> many people wanting to talk to us that we really try to pick and choose who do we actually want to speak to us and why, and is this the most efficient conversation to have for my time, right? And if you don't do that, you become bombarded with talks and talks of things that may not fit your why and that's exactly what's killed the older generation is that there's so much wasted time and so we're trying to speed up the process um and that's why we don't answer our phones and then sometimes you're just like you know what i don't want to talk and that's okay (laughs) yeah except for the fact that if that person wanted to call you is that that employer that that you really wanted to talk to or communicate with and, you know, you just don't hook up because they don't realize that the, the best way to get a hold of you is perhaps a text as opposed to uh, a phone call. 
and I just be and I, I hear what you're saying. I'm gonna be a devil's advocate for a say, and I'm gonna say something I said in our presentation. Well, I'll find somebody else to hire me, David. Right? Someone else yeah. will have figured out that Instagram is the best way to you know, and that's the person I actually want to work for. Right? I don't want to actually work for the guy who only wants to talk to me on the phone because then I realize I'm stuck with a guy who only wants to talk to me on the phone or a lady, and so that's kind of the determining factor. So for the yeah. millennials, okay, that's fine. Someone else will hire me, or I'll become my own boss. And that's the thing that really, I think, has really changed the generation is that you don't necessarily always have to work. I'm a, I'm a small business entrepreneur. Sure. I, I make my own time. I spend as much time with my wife and kids as I want to. And that's not something my parents could say. That's not something. My, sometimes the, the, older, the, the millennial looks at our parents and say they clocked in, they clocked out, and they hated their jobs. Oh, yeah. They clocked in, they clocked out, and they came home and they said they hated their jobs. And then they told me, do something you love. And then I did something I loved. And then they're saying, you kids don't know how to work. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to hate my life. And I don't want to miss out on my kids. And so that's, and, and this is me, obviously. These are all extremes, right? Not, oh, sure. Not every situation is like this. But the millennial generation is saying, you know what? I've seen what has happened in the past. I'd actually like to enjoy my life. And I'll actually be willing to take a little bit less money if it means the quality of my life is better than that of my parents. Right. And I think the, the message to the, to the boomers is that if you really want to get a hold of people, you've got to be flexible and recognize there, there are different ways. Just like the differences between when you stop and think about it. Now, if I know for most boomers, that's a long, long time ago, far, far away, <laughs> that when we entered the workforce— you know, dealing with the traditionals, which was the older generation right. then, you know, there was there was a lot of cultural issues that we That's have a great long point. time ago forgotten that they were they were there. And think about it, you know, every generation has had their parents say, You kids nowadays, dot dot dot. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. So it isn't a new thing, no. right? I'm I'm sure I will tell my children, You kids nowadays, dot 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 <laughs> and there's gonna be some new technology that I can't keep up with. And that's just kind of how it is. Let's just be honest, right? We're always going to be changing. We're always going to be innovating. Industry is not slowing down. Technology is not slowing down. The younger people will get older. It's just the way life is. But really the people that are on the cusp of business and who are successful in business are the willing, are the ones that are willing to make those pivots. Mm-hmm. And the way that you make those pivots is to say, I don't know how. And that's where I come in because you need a coach. Well, yeah, and because obviously, we, and I think we probably need to have another show to talk all about this, some of the intergenerational issues, and how to effectively manage it because it is that is a that is a key issue. Does I Absolutely. think any success? And, but I do want to follow up on that que- the point you were just talking about. Yeah. You know, how can coaching really affect the bottom line? Great question. Um, I have a list of stats that I will maybe try to find if I, if I can. But um, the ICF did a study. Um, recently, ICF is the International Coach Federation, which is basically the leading coaching body uh, basically in the world right now. And if I'm remembering the stat uh, correctly, that employees who received a coach or who uh, had a coach, their productivity increased by 60%. And 91% of employees who received a coach said that they would want to be coached again. In other words, there's a benefit to that helps with em- employee engagement and satisfaction that keeps us millennials, who are the highest percentage of the work, current American workforce, in the company, which saves you transition costs, hiring costs, training costs. And also, if I was a pr- business owner, I would want someone to increase their productivity by 61%. Oh, if that, if that was me. Sign me up. And so w- really, the, the, what coaching does 
it that it accelerates what people would normally do maybe at let's say it took you a week to complete something maybe a mm-hmm. month to complete something let's say a month well coaching does it it helps you identify the goal quicker and make sure it's a smart goal right and then after that it says how are we going to develop a strategy to complete the goal as opposed to just filling and doing and crossing off a task list and the strategy is what makes things efficient and helps people accomplish faster and that's exactly where business is going we are doing things faster so people that are slow usually get out of business and people that are fast keep going. And that's what coaches help people do. Accomplish more, faster, with keen awareness of a real goal. Yep. So it's effectively the uh, uh, another version of the faster, quicker, cheaper, better. Um, In many respects, but obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, I mean, there's that's a, ultimately where you're, what you're yeah. looking at from a business perspective. How, how can you do something quicker? I can do it less, less, more efficiently, less expensive, less cost involved, and provide better value at the as, as the end product. That would be the result, right? But in the 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 coaching actually helps you. The coaching, I think, is less and less about the results. Results will come because you are coached. Okay. But coaching, what coaching does, it transforms the dynamic of the environment, and it says what's really important and what do we weed out so that we can work on what's important and therefore it'll be cheaper, faster, better and all those got it, things. Got it, got it, yeah. yeah. So it's really focused on the process as it were. It's first on the goal and the, and, yeah. and the process of how to get to get the goal. Get to the goal, right, yeah. yeah. yeah Helping get, establish that goal and then getting to, so setting the vision Yes. and then working, the, defining the processes to achieve that and then you're finding the right technology and the right people to make it happen. Absolutely right. Okay. Absolutely right. All right, good. We are surprisingly at, out of time again, as oh always. You know, it, it is. It's been great. Uh, Tolu, help us understand how we can get a hold of you yes. to uh, to get you involved as a as a uh, as a life and corporate coach. Yes, all of my social media handles are Tolu Coaches, so that's T O L U Coaches, and um, my website's about the same, ToluCoaches dot com. So you can search for me anywhere online, um, Tolu Coaches, Google search, and that's the best way you can get to- contact with me. Um, but if you really just want to go to a website and fill out a form, just tolucoaches.com backslash contact, contact, excuse me, and um, fill out that form. And uh, I usually like to do a free strategy session for an individual or a company who's wanting to get a feel of what coaching is like, but they need to just kind of get a better understanding. And so that's what I'll do. So tolucoaches.com or at Tolu Coaches. Great. Well, thank you very much, Tolu. And this has been Strategic Insights Radio on Business Radio X. To find out more about Tolu and Tolu Coaching or Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., you can contact Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. at 678-996-1312 or sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. This is Dave Wilkins. Until next time, take care. Bye.